as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 116. I am Davram, and I hope you all have been doing well. I'm going to give you an update today on why we haven't had episodes. Um, If you've been following me on Twitter or you're in the Discord um, or following me on social media, you will probably already know why. But for those of you who uh, don't, shame on you, uh, go join the Discord, follow me on Twitter, uh, and I'm going to go into detail onto why we haven't had an episode. Uh, it's not because uh, I, I didn't want to do episodes. Um, I've had a lot of things I want to talk about. It is uh, it is completely uh, separate from all that, um, it, and we'll get into that in, in, in just a few minutes. Uh, and then uh, from there, we're going to talk about the state of the game, uh, and I'm going to approach it a little differently um, today. Uh, you will uh, you will notice that uh, my energy levels are still very low, and I will go into that uh, in in just a few minutes with the the health update. But um, I wanted to approach it in a fashion of I'm not just saying uh, what is wrong uh, with the game and and the struggles that we're having as players uh, with uh, rare and the, the sea of thieves development team. Uh, But I I want to actually provide some ideas uh, that I have that, that I've used and use every single day in my job uh, with uh, development teams in order to make sure that uh, the team is not only on track, uh, but the team is not getting too much work for the time period that they have to get it done. And I think a lot of things, uh, a lot of these things, uh, based on what we've heard from Mike and and the delays with season ten and and uh, previous delays, uh, I feel like this is one of the the reasons that we're we're seeing this is they're biting off more than they can chew. So I want to go in uh, and talk about some things that they're doing very well um, and then talk about what they're not doing so well and provide some solutions on what I think they can do to improve, whether they listen to this and, and maybe some of these things are already implemented and and they're just not executing on them or for whatever reason. Um, I'm not sure. But I'm going to provide some solutions, um, um, and and hopefully you all are. I will try to explain them in the way that uh, that you all might be able to understand. So, um, but first, before we get uh, too far into it, I want to thank folks first and foremost. Um, whether you're a longtime listener, a new listener, uh, uh, someone who sails with me, um, someone who uh, is a patron, whatever the case may be, I appreciate all the direct messages. Um, the the tweets, the the emails, the Discord messages, wherever the case may be, of folks reaching out and making sure that that I'm doing okay, and I appreciate that very much. I've tried to get back to you, um, I've tried to to say thank you, but but publicly, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who took the time out of your days to um to 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 reach out and and just 
offer your, um, you know, your empathy, your sympathy, your wh- whatever that you did. Thank you. It means a lot to me uh, to know that you folks uh, uh, care for me as a person uh, and understand that the lack of episodes and the lack of streams um, is is something that is outside of my control. Um, and, uh, and, and hopefully here very soon, we'll get back onto a consistent schedule as things improve. Um, but I do want to send, as we always do, uh, a big thank you and shout out to the notorious and glorious patrons who spend their hard earned money in order to make this podcast successful. So thank you to Skimelt 666 lane and Regis Stella. Thank you folks so much for continuing your support of pirate talk radio. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, and in fact, uh, I want to send a special shout out to Skamelt who upgraded his particular, um, 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 patron, uh, while I was, while I was, while, while I was, while I was ill, I saw the email, uh, and I thank you very much to everyone. Very, very much. So let's get into the lack of content, lack of episodes. And again, I apologize. You can probably hear in my voice. You can probably hear my energy levels are very low. Um, I'm, I'm still far, far from a hundred percent. Um, each day is a struggle, but we're, we are powering through. So, um, earlier, um, this year, um, very early in the year, um, I was very, very tired all the time, struggling to get through, uh, my day. Um, my, my weight was not good. Um, it hasn't been good for a long time, but, um, as you all know, who follow me and who are on the YouTube, um, you know, that I've been working hard to, to lose weight. And I can happily say that I've lost over 30 pounds this year, which is great for me, um, on a health standpoint. Um, but unfortunately I did not feel well. Um, I was very low, low in my energy. Um, you know, my muscles were hurting a lot in, in workouts and, and it just was not a very good quality of life that, um, that I, I was having here in this post COVID world. Um, and, and it wasn't good. I wasn't even able to really, um, successfully get through my day job, uh, let alone, um, all the extra stuff that I put on myself with the podcast and the streaming, uh, and, and, and working out, um, to become healthier. So I, I went and saw a doctor earlier in this year and I was able to, to, somewhat diagnose, uh, with the doctor's help, what's going on with me. And I was able to start a treatment regimen, um, which helped me, um, get some of that energy back. It helped me start to lose, lose weight. It helped me recover my muscles. So I wasn't getting injured. Uh, and it, it basically, um, I, I, I can honestly say it was a life changing, um, treatment and it was a treatment that was turning my life in a positive direction on a health level. Unfortunately, um, how things go, um, specifically in the United States, uh, in our, in our medical system here, which is, you know, mostly all privatized and, and for profit in a lot of cases, um, because of insurance companies and things like that. Obviously hospitals are nonprofit, most of them, uh, but insurance is for profit, right? They're not here to make sure you're taken care of. They're not here to, um, anything like that though. Insurance is very important. Uh, their job is to make money, right? They're a capitalistic entity and their job is to make sure that they're making money. Um, 
because of that and because of um, um, my doctor's office being bought out by a larger medical um, conglomerate, um, my treatment stopped. And that happened soon after um, the last episode of Pirate Talk Radio. Um, and like I said, this was a life-changing, um, life-improving uh, treatment. And to have it stopped was crushing to me because I knew what was going to happen. Um, anytime that you're getting some sort of medical in- treatment, which is injecting um, either through pills or, or liquids or needle injections um, to help your body um, heal and become better, what happens is your body is dependent on that. Your body is not able to, to do those things or you wouldn't need the medical treatment. So your body then gets that influx of what it needs. Um, and it depends on that to keep those energy levels, to keep healing, to keep operating, to keep functioning. Um, and that was taken away from me, um, because of, of the medical system, uh, here. And, it happened very quickly where about three days after the treatment was, was taken from me, taken away from me, um, that my body started to crash. Um, it started to crash to a point where there was only a few hours in, in a day that I was actually able to function, not asleep um, and, and actually able to function. And as you well know, I have a full-time job that, that more recently I was working 21 hour days, um, because of things. So, um, only being able to function a few hours a day at, at a level that I can be productive, I have to prioritize my job because that is what pays my bills. That is what pays, uh, for where I live. Um, and that's what pays for, you know, my family. So I have to prioritize that. And it sucks because, you know, I enjoy streaming and I enjoy the, the smiles that it brings people and the entertainment value that it brings people, no matter if one person is watching or more, lots of people are watching. Um, and I love doing this show. Um, no matter if, you know, there's a couple folks who tune in or hundreds of folks who tune in, I love doing this show and I love making content. Um, but unfortunately when that happened, it was a very hard choice that I had to make, which is, do I spend my precious hours of the day, um, you know, providing for my family and taking care of my, my house by focusing all of those precious hours on my day job? Um, or do I divide it up and do this, um, do content, which could potentially cause me to lose my job because I am not 100% there. Um, I, I'm sure many of you have had difficult situations in your life where you've had to make uh, tough decisions, but the decision I have made and will always make um, when when it comes to it is taking care of my family, taking care of where I live, and making sure I can I can financially survive, um, and that means my job, which unfortunately means lack of content for you all. But I I, I just wanted to take the time today and kind of talk through that um, and make sure you all understood why, um, um, because again, when you only have a couple hours a day that you can function. Um, you know, you have to make those difficult decisions. And I did, um, I, again, I apologize to everyone out there that that was the case and that, that 
again, that situation happened. Um, and I, I, I'm very, very sorry that the content just stopped out of nowhere. Um, this was all unplanned. Um, and it was, it was very hard on me. Um, it was, it's been about a month, right? I think I didn't check the last episode upload, but I know for me, um, I did not have that treatment for over a month and every single day, um, it got rough. It got rough to a point where I was literally falling asleep at work because my body was shutting down. It was legitimately shutting down where I could not even stay awake at work. Um, thankfully, um, I was able to go back to the doctor's office under the new management, um, under, uh, under my insurance and be retested, um, after they removed me from the program, um, from the treatment, I was able to get retested. It did take uh, about a month before they would allow that. Um, and I went back in after that month time. Um, and quite frankly, um, my blood work that came back from that, um, really showed that I, I don't even know how I was surviving. I don't know how my body was surviving. I don't know how it didn't completely shut down and in and, and me up in the hospital. Uh, my blood work was some of the worst blood work that I've seen um, in my very, <laughs> very unhealthy adult life. Uh, thankfully, I've, I've become more healthy as I've, I've got into my uh, uh, mid, mid, mid thirties, but um, it, it was bad. And I, uh, you know, I don't want to go into personal details on, on the treatment, or I don't want to go into personal details on what that blood work was, but um, I'm, I'm just trying to share as much as I, I feel comfortable with. And it quite frankly, the blood work showed that my body should have shut down and I should have been in a hospital. Um, but because of that, um, the, the new owner, uh, and my insurance agreed to allow me to go back on treatment because it was clear that my body needed it. So, um, as of the past about, um, I think two weeks, um, I have been on treatment and I'm feeling better. Um, I would say from, um, about a month ago, a little over a month ago when the, right before the treatment stopped, I would say where I am right now is probably about 60%. So much better than I was. Uh, and like I said, I appreciate everyone for reaching out, but uh, I'm, I'm only about at 60%. I did do a stream recently with Captain Logan and Dread Pirate Doug uh, and Carrillo uh, doing the new Monkey Island Part 2. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, it was exhausted beyond belief afterwards. Not only was it late, but I had worked that day. Um, but I, I made the commitment to, to that crew, uh, that we would play all the monkey islands together. And I don't, I, I try very hard not to break commitments. Um, so I powered through, uh, I had a good time. I know some folks were in chat and I appreciate that very much that you folks hung out. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I, I would say I'm about at 60% and each week is getting, is getting better as I'm able to go in and, and get treatment, um, and things like that. Um, unfortunately because of the lack of treatment and my body in a really rough shape, um, I, I did get injured uh, in the gym. Both of my arms are um, have some major major muscle damage in them um, right now, which I will be starting to do physical therapy on here next week. Uh, that should not affect content in any way, uh, but I'm I'm in a lot of pain. Um, I am very sore and I'm extremely tired. So um, it, it's unfortunate, but I'm I'm getting better each and every day. 
Um, and each and every week it's getting a little easier. So, um, hopefully in the next couple months, I'll be back to a hundred percent. Um, we'll have, we'll have, you know, streams going throughout the week. We'll have, uh, the podcast each and every week. Uh, my first and foremost goal is to get this back on a weekly schedule. Like we were, that is my primary goal for content and then start to add in, you know, one stream, two streams a week until we can get back to full bore. Um, once my body is, is in a better shape, uh, and, and I'm not, exhausted all the time and in a lot of pain. So again, I appreciate everyone's patience. Thank you very much to the fans out there. Thank you to the patrons and thank you for each one of you who sent me a private message, um, uh, making sure and get in, in the get well soons and the digital hugs. I appreciate that very much. And you have no idea how much that really pushed me, um, to, to really find a solution, uh, really push our medical system to, you know, allow me to, to, to continue uh, medical treatment for something that is, is very clearly needed um, for me. So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. See you thieves. Let's get off the, the Davram's body is, is in pain and shutting down uh, topic and get to see of thieves. So <clears throat> let's be honest. Let's be real honest. The state of the game in sea of thieves is not good right now. I know we just had, um, the monkey Island, um, release, um, part two. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that. I'm not going to talk about that too much today. Um, because again, it's, it's basically opening weekend for that. Uh, and I want to make sure folks have the time to play through it before I spoil anything and talk about my, um, um, feedback on it. What I will say is it is a lot of fun. Um, they continued kind of the mystery and the puzzles, uh, that they had in the, the part one. Um, and they've made them a little bit more challenging in my opinion. Um, I would say if you have no clue what to do, if you've not seen any content, you should probably budget three to four hours, um, is what I would say to do, um, to really enjoy it. Um, there are checkpoints. So there are checkpoints. If you don't have that kind of time to sit down and do it all in one go, uh, there are checkpoints in this one. So, um, you 100% utilize it. Um, but I think the art team did a fantastic job, um, having all the voice acting in there from monkey Island, having all the Easter eggs from the original monkey Island game. Um, it was fantastic. It was a fantastic experience. I enjoyed it very, very much. And I've 100% uh, look forward to part three, um, um, of this, of this crossover to, to monkey Island. Um, so that is a good thing that they're doing. I think monkey Island part one and part two was content, um, that overall did well. Um, I know some folks have not been necessarily a huge fan of it. Um, but I think in general, uh, from what I've seen online, I would say the majority of players are enjoying this content. It's, it's, it's again, if you're not a, if you're not a person who really likes story and lore, this content probably isn't, isn't good for you. If you don't like puzzles, um, it's probably not good for you and that's fine. Um, a game should be able to, to produce content, uh, that, that, that hits everyone. And I know sea of thieves has struggled with that, that at, at times. Um, but I really think everyone should at least play through it once. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, what I will say, um, if, if at all possible, 
uh, try to play with someone else, uh, a friend, a crew, uh, a random person online. It is a lot more fun on, um, on voice comms, uh, working through these things and having a good laugh at the jokes and the, in the voiceovers. So, so try to find someone or a group of people to play with, even if it's a open crew, right? Get in there, uh, get into it, open your crew up, have maybe some people will join and stick around and play through it with you, but try to, to, to play it with people. I think, I think you'll have a lot of fun, um, doing it that way. Um, that's, that's how I've enjoyed both. Um, you know, we've all, um, played through it and hit some places where we're not quite sure, um, what to do and someone figures it out, but the next time someone else figures it out. Um, so, um, great puzzles great puzzles. So I think that is something that we should say Sea of Thieves is doing well, um, right? Their story content, their lore content, um, you know, the adventures have been fun. Uh, obviously, they're on kind of a hold right now with Monkey Island. Monkey Island has been fun. Um, I think I think those things, we should tip our cap to them and say, well done. Um, again, both Monkey Islands have not had too many bugs. Uh, I know the first one was relatively clean completely. Uh, this one has a few just minor, I would say, cosmetic bugs, like some sound bugs, um, some places you might be able, might get stuck in. Um, but overall, I, I, I think this one was again, well done and, and, and relatively clean, um, in, in that. However, the game does not just revolve around single tall tales and stories. Um, the game is much more vast, uh, and the game has a lot more for players to engage with. Um, from PVP to PVE um, out there in the wild. And not only is the game kind of dry right now um, with the delay of season 10, um, but even in the game with most recent updates, we've seen old timey bugs come back, such as silent boarding, which doesn't seem to um, have a permanent solution. Uh, Bucket reg, I've seen. Food reg, I've seen. Things... Now, not all of those are things that are in the game now. Um, I did experience bucket reg the other day, but it's not consistent. Um, silent boarding is relatively consistent again. So it's unfortunate um, because these things are things that players don't like to experience, especially with hourglass, especially uh, when you get into PVP situations. It just me. It just feels like the game is against you. It's working against you instead of being a place for you to enjoy and beat. Right? You should be um, enjoying the game, playing the game, and beating the game. Now, and see a thief say it's beating the game and and big air quotes if you're not watching the uh, the YouTube video uh, part portion of this, but. The game should not feel like it's working against you. Um, and that has been a struggle that Rare has had and Sea of Thieves has had for as long as I've played the game is they get something fixed and then it comes back. And yet again, you feel like the game is against you. It's it's you are not only fighting skeletons and ghosts and crab people, but you're also fighting against the game itself. Uh, and, and in those situations, it's just a bad player experience. So what can they do to improve this? Um, so let's start with this. Seasons are not working. Before seasons, um, you know, Rare would do a update every three to four months with monthly updates in between. It was not working. 
They switched to seasons in order to have a more consistent uh, development timeline, a more consistent update cycle for us, the players, and it's not working. They have delayed multiple seasons. They've had messy and poor code when seasons come out. The season passes a joke. Um, they've improved it as far as what you get, but it's still a joke. Um, if you look at a game like Destiny or you look at Fortnite or Overwatch or Diablo, those season passes take time. You know, as a casual player right now playing Diablo, um, you know, I haven't put that many hours in. I think I'm level 33 um, um, or 34 in the season pass of Diablo out of 100 levels. And I would say I've probably put, let's just throw out there the number of, tw- let's say 12 to 14 hours. And I'm, I'm that level. If you put in 12 hours in Sea of Thieves, you've finished the season pass. So in my opinion, seasons are not working. I can do the pass really quickly. Most of the content can be completed pretty quickly. And then you're back to, well, what do you do? Now, for me, I enjoy playing with people. I enjoy writing my own story in Sea of Thieves. So there's things for me to do. But when the seas start to feel more dead because there's less people playing, because they've completed the pass, because they've done the newest content, it makes my experience worse. And it makes other players' experience worse. Now, I'm not saying Rare should flip the table and make season passes take for, you know, a player who's playing 12 hours a week, making it take three months. I don't think that's right at all. I don't think that's right at all, but I think they need to find a happy ground where, you know, it's taking the hardcore players that are playing every single day. You know, I think that pass should take them half a month for players who aren't playing every single day, but a significant amount of hours a week, let them take a month. For the more casual players who log in and 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 you know play maybe once a day uh, for for four hours or something, that should take them you know two months or two and a half months. And for players who are very casual and might play one or two hours a week, maybe they don't even finish the season pass. And I don't think that's a problem. I don't honestly think that's a problem. I I don't understand why we have a season pass that can be completed in just a matter of hours. I don't like that. I I don't understand that concept. And though I think they should definitely gauge it for the majority of their player base to do it. You're reporting on your website that your player base is what I don't remember what their last report was, but a, a ridiculous number, right? Um, if I go to Sea of Thieves website, you know, they report on their website, or they used to. I don't know if they still do. They report on their website 30 million players to date. They don't have 30 million active players. Hell, if you look at the Xbox achievement, I don't even think set sale is 80. Like, if you've done set sale, I think it still is like 60, 70, maybe 80% of players have actually set sale. Maybe so 30 million players, that's 30 million players who have probably logged in probably, you know, obviously not set sale, but maybe have logged into the game. They need to do a better job of catering to the players who are playing and keeping them engaged 
making sure that some casual players can get through the season pass is fine. But if you're, if you're getting a season pass and you're only playing a game for an hour or two every week or every other week, you shouldn't complete the season pass. You shouldn't. That's just one thing, in my opinion, that seasons aren't working. The other thing that isn't working with seasons is they're not being on a consistent timeline. Just like before, when we had the preseason updates, they would miss timelines all the time. They switched to seasonal timelines so it was more structured, so they could be on time and deliver content to us in, in an appropriate fashion. And they're still not doing it. They've had many seasons delayed, many seasons incomplete at release, and so many just bad bugs for, for weeks or months, maybe not even resolved. I mean, hell, look at the captaincy update um, when we set cosmetics to our ships. How many months did it take before they basically said, okay, setting your ship cosmetics are free because quite honestly, we can't fix this is pretty much the, the message that we got. It took them months. So I want to talk about uh, several solutions that I have um, that I've thought about um, on this. The first is something that I actively use every single day at my job, helping and managing development teams. And this is a system that we call shirt sizes. And I'm, I'm going to give you some numbers. I'm going to go into some details on this. Um, maybe more details than many of you care to listen to, and that's fine. Um, but I, I think this is something that I think would do well at rare. So a shirt size refers to the number of hours it takes to complete a particular feature in software. A game is a software. And though software development and game development are very different, <coughs> there are certain things you can, it's still software development at the end of the day. There are certain things that cross over. And in my opinion, the biggest issue with, with, with Sea of Thieves uh, development leaders, not the developers, I think the developers do a damn good job with the time and the resources that they have. I think the issue is their leaders are setting them up to fail by overloading the amount of content for the time and the resources that they have. I think it's 100% a planning and scoping issue it's not a development team issue. Okay. That's my opinion. So let's take shirt sizes, for example. And I've broken this down. So, and again, I don't know the labor laws in the UK. I'm not 100% sure. So all that I can go off of is the United States. So if the labor laws in the UK are different, please, by all means, correct me in the comments. Um, but Labor laws in the United States state that a full-time employee is, is 40 hours a week in general, right? <clears throat> Obviously, salaried employees, there's really no hours a week, right? You can work 40, 50, 60, whatever, 70, <clears throat> just business needs. It's unfortunate, but that's, that's how it is. Um, most states in the United States consider 35 hours full-time. 
if you work 35 hours for so many weeks in, in most states, um, the, the employer doesn't necessarily have to make you full-time, but at least has to offer you full-time benefits. But let's just take those numbers. For example, 40 hours a week, we're going to assume that our dev team, and again, this is an example. This is not rare numbers, right? This is an example. We're going to say that our sea of thieves dev team is 10 people. Okay. This is again, hypothetical. Our dev team is 10 people at 40 hours a week. That's a max capacity, a max capacity of 400 development hours a week. Now, why do I say max capacity? You can never, ever, 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 unless you're dumb, commit to a piece, a feature in software that is max capacity for your team. Why? Breaks, lunches, vacations, sick time, other, other meetings or whatever. A person is not sitting at their keyboard clickety, clickety, clickety coding for 40 straight hours a week. It's not happening. But for a shirt size discussion, your max capacity, if in fact you push your employees to the absolute limit and force them to sit there and code for 40 hours a week, in one week, a team of 10 could do 400 hours of work. It's just math. So what does that mean in terms of a season? Well, a season is 12 weeks, which means if you take 12 weeks times your 400 max capacity, your max capacity of dev hours in a season is 4,800 dev hours. Max capacity, right? So then what we do is we take our feature. Let's say our feature is a brand new fort in Sea of Thieves. The people who are thinking of these, designing these, there's, in my, in my world, there is a team that takes a design. So here's what we want. We want a new fort, a brand new fort, new, new layouts, no, new, new enemies, new, whatever. Here's our new fort. Okay. Then you have someone who looks at what the developers have to do. The artists have to do the QA team has to do. And then they say, okay, this new fort is X amount of hours. So you make it a shirt size. So let's break down what a shirt size is. And we're going to use weeks, right? We have 12 weeks in a season. So a small, an extra small shirt size would be one developer that has to use their entire week in order to complete this feature. A small would be two developers an entire week to complete this feature. A medium would be three to five developers one week to complete this feature. A large would be six to eight developers 
one week to complete this feature. And an extra large would be your entire team of 10, an entire week to complete this feature. Now, why I break it down to weeks is because we have 12 weeks. uh, We got a 12 week season, right? Now, if we're looking at season 10 now, there is a team that's probably working on season 12, right? So these estimates that I'm giving are for season 12, but the cadence we should keep to is 12 week releases. So in general, you've got a team who's designing season 12 months in advance, getting these estimates. And then when go time hits, you know that you have this many extra large feature shirt sizes in your 12 week development cycle. You've got this many mediums. You have this many smalls. You have this many extra smalls. And what you have to then do is add up those hours. So if you have an extra large feature for your 12 week season, that means that means that is a more than 350 dev hours to complete. That's what that means, right? Because I said, and we'll go through this a little bit more. I said, you cannot ever budget yourself at max capacity because someone's going to get sick. Someone's going to take time off. Someone's going to get pulled to another meeting to, to work on something else. There's always going to be a lot of ifs. So you never budget max capacity because you'll never get max capacity. So why budget for it? You should understand your max capacity, but you should never budget to max capacity. If you budget to max capacity or pass max capacity, guess what happens? Your season gets delayed and then it gets delayed again. Because you've put too many features into your update and you can't get it done in time. Now, when I say max capacity, I'm not just talking. I'm not just talking about the actual folks writing the code to, 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 you know, bring this to life. We have to talk about artists. We have to talk about QA hours. We have to talk about all those things because those are all part of that hours. That 10 man dev team that I talked about, that includes folks that are looking at art that are looking at new mobs that are looking at the, the QA is everything working properly. All that goes into it. So the actual coding time might be a medium. The QA time might be a small and the artist time might be an XL, right? You only have so many hours to get things done. And so then what you start to do is you break down all your features into these shirt sizes and some might not fit an extra large as far as one week. A feature might be two weeks of extra large. That's a lot, right? That's two weeks of hardcore work. Might be three weeks of an extra large in order to pull off this single feature. But mind you, I'm not breaking down the entire scope of the season into a shirt size. I'm breaking down each feature no matter if it's a single 
letter change in the cosmetic of a sale. Maybe they're switching the E and the I because they misspelled it the first time. That's a feature. That's a code change. So that's a shirt size. Someone has to spend their time in order to do that. You have to account for that. A new fort is huge. You have to account for that. A new fort, the art team might have a large effort that's spread over two weeks while they're also working on another large effort that's spread over two weeks. But you break down each feature into your shirt size. And what I do with my team is I put different colored sticky notes are different shirt sizes, right? So a red, an extra large, keep your eye on that one because that's a lot of hours, right? If we have a 12 week window where we have to develop QA and fully bake a feature in the software, there are only so many red sticky notes that I can have on that board, right? If I have too many red sticky notes, guess what I just did? I over budgeted my team's time, which means I'm not going to be able to release a fully baked solution on time, or I'm going to have to delay the feature. So what you have to do is you have to break down that season by feature and each feature has to have a shirt size. And then you have this giant wall of all of your features and maybe a feature that you want to do here can't be done because another bigger, more important feature has to be done. And you can't do both because you don't have that. You don't have that amount of hours. So then you have to decide, okay, do I take this big feature and move it to a later date and maybe take a small feature from a, a future and bring it in? right? What, how I got to move these sticky notes around and it's a visual and a mechanical exercise as you're moving these sticky notes around and adding up your shirt size hours, knowing that you have 12 weeks or a max capacity of 4,800 hours in order to complete it. So you have to add them up. And what I do is if I had 12 weeks and 4,800 hours, I would budget myself to have 3,600 hours of action of work. Now you say, well, why would you, why would you do that? Time off unexpected sick time, Jurassic park company parties, team building events. Those chop into your time to actually work. So if I go down to 36 hours, that's roughly 10 hours a week of buffer for sick time, for company events, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think I did the math right. Like I said, I'm exhausted. So I try, I I think I did that math right. But you can see my max capacity, everyone full bore 40 hours a week, completely not attainable. And I knock that down by almost a thousand hours, almost a thousand hours. 
Um, actually, more than a thousand hours. I knock it down by twelve hundred hours because that gives me some of that wiggle room. It allows me to make sure I can complete features to have a good update while not maxing out my team. So we can do Jurassic Park at the studio. I can do team building events. I can do other things. It gives it gives time built in there for sick leave that's unexpected for vacations because a leader of a dev team, they need to understand when they have certain people out on vacation. <clears throat> and that has to go into their planning of getting their features done. If they're budgeting for their full team of 10 to work 35 hours a week to get this feature done, but one of them has two weeks of vacation in there, you can't do that. You have to adjust. I literally am a product program project manager that I look at all that stuff. I look at the vacation times. I look at, 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 at the load and I adjust those sticky notes to make sure that when I push an update each month, that that update is able to be completed. It's able to be fully baked and it's able to go through QA and it's a clean release. That's what I do. And this is the system that I use and it works. Number two of a solution that rare could do get rid of seasons. Just get rid of them. One of my favorite games um, recently has announced that they are going away from seasons. Um, Bungie uh, with destiny Two is moving away from seasons. They're going to a more story based episode system where they're breaking the year down and they're doing three years in an episode. And each episode has a series of three acts. Now, what you'll notice with that is if you break the year into threes, that's four months per episode. But then if you break that four months into three, you've got an extra month in there. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means you've got a buffer in there. They've also not announced the official dates of them. So players don't know when to expect that content. Destiny is very good at announcing things well ahead of time. So players will know when it's coming. But as of right now, we just know that it's coming after the final shape, which is the next expansion next year. That's all we know. And we know the year will be broken down into threes. And those threes will be broken down into threes and it gives them a one month buffer in there in case something's not ready. They can push things. They've got that wiggle room in there. But if you don't have hard timelines, there's a few things that happen. One players aren't too happy when you don't have timelines, but players are more unhappy when you don't hit timelines, when they're expecting something and you miss and you fail. But the important piece is if you don't have hard timelines, the players won't be too happy about that, but they're going to be more happy when that content releases and it's high quality and fully baked. They will be more happy about that than if you give them a hard timeline and you give them a 
partially baked solution that's full of bugs, or you delay it. It is a double-edged sword, but you have to decide which of the two is better for the players. And from what I've seen playing games, the better one for the players is don't give them a date until you're 100% sure it's going to hit. And damn well make sure that that update is solid, fully baked, and high quality. Maybe the Destiny 2 system won't work for Sea of Thieves. I think it might. But maybe they've got a lot of smart people at Rare. Maybe they can come up with their own system like that. The next thing that has to be done is bugs. Long-standing issues and bugs have to take priority over large content updates. It's honestly getting a little ridiculous and it's, it's a little sad that sea of thieves is a very popular game. It is one of Xbox's, um, you know, flagship games, but we have bugs that have lasted years. We've had bugs that get fixed one update and break next update. That's not quality. Making sure that bugs are fixed and fixed long-term You'll never, <coughs> in live service, you'll never 100% complete something and it'll be potentially fixed 100%. But you have to prioritize things. Maybe it comes down to taking the servers down once a week to make sure you're pushing you know, bug fixes because you broke something. I don't know what that solution looks like. World of Warcraft takes servers down once a week. Destiny takes servers down once a week. EverQuest used to take servers down once a week to make sure, one, the servers are fresh, but two, any sort of small hot fix to fix something that might have broken can be done quickly and doesn't have to take a month or doesn't have to take a whole season in order to get that item fixed rare needs a better solution of remediation for issues that they cause in their code. And it can't sit there for weeks. It can't sit there for months. It can't sit there for years. They push new content and they ignore what's already out there and broken season nine fixed a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, as season nine has progressed, some of the stuff that they fixed in the season nine update are, is now broken again. We can't, we can't do that. Can't do it. The new updates just cannot break features that you've already, that you've already put in there running through the code and doing a critical failure check is not quality assurance. You need to have a team that is dedicated to playing the content. You need to have a team who's dedicated to figuring out how to break things so it can be fixed before it was released and do not in any way, shape or form. Tell me that's insiders depending on your players to QA your software is stupid. I don't care if you give me a ship set. I don't care if you give me a weapon set. I don't care if you give me gold doubloons. 
I don't care. Give me ancient coins. And then I'll actually work hard to do quality assurance for you. Furthermore, there is no checks whatsoever when you do a, a hour, two hours, three hours in, in, uh, in insiders, where's the accountability that that player actually did testing or did they just log in and put something on their mouse or their keyboard or, or run a macro or something to keep themselves from getting booted for an hour? What did they do? What accountability is there that they actually did what you wanted them to do? There isn't anything. Sure, there's the forums. And there's a lot of good insiders out there who put a lot of good stuff on the forums. 100%. But what about all the players who go in the insiders just to get their free shit and are not actually testing? I would say that would be the majority of players who play insiders. From my experience. You need to have a paid for QA team that's going in there and doing it. And there was a recent interview from a Bungie QA player. Um, um, They have a QA team for PVP. They have a QA team for the seasonal activities, QA team for dungeons, a QA team for raids. They have a QA team, though small, for everything. You know what that QA team does? They spend time on Twitter and on Reddit and on YouTube. And they look at how people are exploiting and they look at how people are building and they look at how people are playing the game and they spend some time each week QAing the new updates by utilizing what players are doing and they're doing it. They're looking at someone's Titan build and they're replicating it and seeing how broken it is. They're seeing how people are manipulating the environment. They're seeing how people who are having issues with bucket reg or silent boarding, they're seeing how people are executing those things. And then they can go into QA and and look at them and replicate them in a controlled environment before it gets to the players and get things resolved that are broken. Rare does not do that to my knowledge. The final thing that I think Rare needs to put a focus on and really get hammered out is their communication. I don't care if you post two pictures a day of some random ass island on Sea of Thieves and, oh, what type of violent vibes are we having today? I don't give a shit. I'm sure there's people out there who do, but I don't. And a lot of players don't. Here's what we want to know. What's happening? What's coming up? What are some new features that we can expect? What's the next event? When's the next Twitch drops? What can we expect when we log into the game? I was very disappointed, though I was happy they came out and told us about the seasonal delay. I was very disappointed in how they transitioned from we're delaying the season, but we have exciting things for you. We have a summer event. We have Legends Week. We have Golden Glory. We have a community day. We have um, Twitch drops. Great. That's awesome. Win. Events, Twitch drops. Those things can be announced. 
You can slap that shit on the calendar because guess what? You built your game to have that stuff as a toggle switch. You can toggle golden glory on. You've told us that you can do that. All these events, you can toggle them on and toggle them off. You've told us that. Give us a calendar. This is when golden glory is. This is when Twitch drops is. This is when Legends Week is, which is, I think, this week, by the way, um, the week of, uh, uh, well, Labor Day for people in the United States, but uh, 9-4, I think, or it might be later this week. I'm not sure, but it's coming up. It's like now, but we just found out about it. Like, give us a heads up. Like, at the beginning of September, say, hey, last month we told you what's happening in September. Here's what you can look forward to in October. You've got all of September stuff that you already know about because we told you in August. Now in October, here's what you get to look forward to. Give us a calendar that shows when these events are happening. If you don't want to tell us when the season is because you're not quite done with it, we just talked about that and things you can do to better that. But these events... These things that you use in order to keep players active while you're trying to complete a larger scale update, schedule them. Tell us ahead of time. Tell us a month ahead of time. Tell us three weeks ahead of time. Don't do this whole thing where one weekend, all of a sudden it's golden glory and no one effing knows about it unless you log in or look at Twitter that day. Last golden glory, not announced anywhere whatsoever just one day someone hits me up in discord hey you sailing this weekend are you are you sailing today i said i mean i wasn't planning on it there's not anything to do and he's like oh well it's golden glory weekend what the hell when when was that announced it wasn't have a calendar of your small events so players can plan so players can actively take part and give us advance notice. Don't just give us a week heads up. Don't give us two weeks out heads up. Give us three weeks to a month heads up so we can plan ahead. Things like Twitch drops, Golden Glory, Summer Event, Legends Week, all these things you know are coming. Most likely, I'm guessing, at least for Golden Glory, you know, Twitch drops, you know, those things, they're already in there. There are already things that you do all the time. You should be able to announce those way ahead of time and just flip the switch. It gives us something as players to look forward to. When you communicate this stuff ahead of time, it allows us to plan what we're wanting to do, how we want to game. It allows us to coordinate with our friends and it allows us to look forward to something. At the end of the day, Rare has always been a company through Sea of Thieves who like to be secret. They like to keep things hidden from us and then surprise us. And for some things, Monkey Island. For some things, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's great. That's great. I like having those surprises once in a while. But a basic feature list of what's coming in a season... Don't get too detailed. Just give us high level stuff. You know, the, the pirate, the, the, the captain, captain, uh, 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 captaincy update. You could have said you get to own your own ship. You don't have to go any, any detail into that new ways to buy supplies. 
a pirate journal can now be found on your ship and shows you your adventure. Three, three features. Boom, boom, boom. Done. You didn't give too much. You told us some features. And these should be features that are those critical features on your big dev board that are non-negotiable. These have to be done for this update. Those are the general features that you would share. Get us excited. None of this, well, it's a big feature and it's taking too long. What is it? At least give us something so we're excited about it. If you're going to delay a freaking season for almost an entire year, give us something. Not, hey, we've got these cool events coming. Okay, when? Give us something to look forward to. The secrecy has to stop. That everything is shrouded in the devil's shroud until all of a sudden it breaks through with the shroud breaker. Your update, your update package has the shroud breaker. And the only time we get to know anything about your update, anything about your events, anything about your golden glory and Twitch drops is when that shroud breaker crests through the devil's shroud and it's in your hands. That's when we get to know. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. And, and see if thieves has been in a worse space than we are right now, but in a, in a environment of gaming where you have amazing games like Starfield and in new destiny stuff, new Diablo stuff, new world of Warcraft stuff, games that I don't even know because I don't even look at them or play them because they're not my style of game. Games are coming out all the time right now and they're good. Sea of Thieves has to understand that in this world, you got to keep the players excited and you got to communicate to us, not in some secret code shrouded until it's like, you know, Monday before the update. Give us something. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Be realistic. Break your seasonal content development into small chunks and identify, do you have the resources and the time to complete them on time? If not, peel stuff out. I know that sounds simple, but it's basic management. So guys, I hope you enjoyed a little breakdown of things that I deal with every single day at work and trying to relate it to my ideas of how rare could improve. Um, I think there's a lot of room for improvement. No one's perfect. No software company's perfect. And in a world of live service games, there is no such thing as perfection. But communication, proper planning, and consistency, and quality, that, that is what we need right now. That is what we need the leadership at Rare to understand and to focus on. Again, thank you very much for your understanding over this past month. I appreciate it very much. I'm going to do my best to take care of myself and to heal and to get better. And so I can make sure that I can get this out to you each and every week. Guys, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.